Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 10th, 2019. Today I re- we are reading from the big book on page XXVIII and we're going to read just one paragraph that begins with, if any feel that as psychiatrists. The reference number for yesterday's meetings, uh, the 7 a.m. meeting, January 9th, is 12,400-12400. And the 10 a.m. meeting is 12,400-1. excuse me, 12,401-12401. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And uh, the readers for today, we're going to have Diane G. for the 12 steps, Esther F., for the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text will be Nadia B., Katie G., and Kelly S. I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 steps. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Hi, this, good morning. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire. I'm grateful to be here and recovered. The 12 Steps on Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11 sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our, in all our affairs. Thank you, Penny, and I pass. Thank you, Diane G. And Esther F. is with us to read the 12 traditions. Esther? Good morning. And uh, uh, these are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm Esther F. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther F., How our meeting works, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive compulsive eaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XXVIII in the doctor's opinion. In the paragraph, we're only going to read one paragraph and that's paragraph that starts with, if any feel that as psychiatrists, and I'm going to ask Nadia B. to start us off this morning. 
Good morning, Nadia. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, everyone. Nadia B. Grateful, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Connecticut. If any feel that as psychiatrists directing a hospital for alcoholics, we appear somewhat sentimental, let them stand with us a while on the firing line. See the tragedies, the despairing wives, the little children, let the solving of this problem become a part of their daily work and even of their sleeping moments. And the most cynical will not wonder that we have accepted and encouraged this movement. We feel after many years of experience that we have found nothing which has contributed more to the rehabilitation of this man than the altruistic movement now growing up among them. Um, And just on my experience with this um, paragraph, uh, yeah, I said um, I sat in away rooms for a while before before I could see what um, this doctor meant. Um, alcohol uh, um, compulsive overeating has had changed my nerve cells, had changed me biologically, changed the way my body and my mind operated. And I didn't understand why you guys were making such a big big deal out of this entire abstinence and this God thing. Um, I thought you were a little too uh, passionate, too sentimental, too emotional about it. Until I um, one day saw a face, uh, faces of my loved ones when I relapsed time after time. Um, you know, one... Um, one day, after uh, a violent day of binging, I was brushing my teeth, and my husband was standing right next to me. And I just remember the desperate um, need for something to change. And I looked at him, and I started crying and saying, you know, I don't want to be normal anymore. And he looked at me right back in that mirror in my eyes. And um, he said, I don't know how to help you. Um, And, you know, the next day, of course, uh, was awful. I had, um, uncontrollable urge to eat and I didn't know how to deal with it again I couldn't go back to what I knew and the only thing that I knew to do is to call someone else in whom the problem has been solved and that's what um, saved my life this altruistic movement that is was growing here you know that seed that was planted here for me um, and it's only through this work um, that, you know, I could, I could see the way out of this condition that I couldn't see when I didn't make a big deal uh, out of my uh, compulsive eating. Um, thank God for this 12 steps. That, um, and thank God for Dr. Silkworth who um, had a lot of experience with us addicts. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nadia B. All right, I'm going to do my very best to hear all the names 
but come on. So Katie please Katie from Boston. Hannah M. Jennifer W. Larry K. Danielle O. Who's, I'm going to ask, whose last initial was M? Somebody right after Katie, her last initial was M. Anna M. L. Is it Anna? Anna M, yes, thank you. Okay, and, and somebody whose last initial was O. That's Danielle. Please repeat. Danielle. Danielle. I'm from Chicago. Lisa B. And who's from Chicago? Who said she was from Chicago? Originally. Okay, I'm just going to please say your name when I call on you, all right? So we have Katie G, Anna M, Jennifer. She'll tell me her initial when she comes on. Larry K, Danielle O, and the person from Chicago who will give me her name when she comes on. Katie G, will you start? Katie. Katie G, star one. Hi, can I be heard? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I had my other mute on. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. Trying again. Yeah, I mean, um, there's so much to say. You know, the tragedies, um, the tragedies of um, that a previous speaker shared of my family. You know, like my family watching me um, as a young woman destroying my teeth, destroying my ability to have children, destroying my body over and over again, looking at me like the jaywalker that we talk about later in the chapter. Like I see a jaywalker going over and over again into traffic and and they see me going over and over again and my body weight going up and down. And, you know, my, my father spent thousands and thousands of dollars um, on psychiatrists who medicated me, who gave me their synthetic knowledge. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But it didn't solve my problem. And what I think is so beautiful about this writing is the humility of a doctor to say, there's nothing which has contributed more to the rehab of me than altruism, than a woman who the prob- in whom the problem had been solved, who said to me, Katie, it's so much more than the eating. It's so much more than all of the crazy things you're doing. It is this hole in your soul, and you are blocked, and we need to get you into a relationship with power to recreate your lives. And then, and then I have a primary purpose. And what I think is so interesting is that altruism is the opposite of my main disease, right? My disease is selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. My main disease is, hey, let me go and talk about me. Let me solve my problems. Let me, let me take care of me. And today, my primary purpose is to stay abstinent and stay on that firing line, to call other women and say, this problem for today has been solved in me. How can I help you? And I just, you know, I, I know we all have our tragedies, and I watch them too, and I think 
the biggest misconception about my food addiction is that it never hurt anybody. I think of all the people that I stole food from, that I isolated from, silent scorn. I used to say my best people skills in college, if I didn't like what you did, I said you're dead to me. And then I made it impossible for you to find me. I mean, people... People, people cared about me, and then I dropped off the planet. Um, you know, and, and, and my brother looking at me and saying, you look like you're dying, like all of the angst offered to them. And, and the solution is not, you know, locking me up and giving me more medication right now. My solution, my primary purpose is to stay absent and continue to work these steps like my hair is on fire to, to pay back the debt of gratitude. And I'll just close with this, that I have to all of you on this line who help me stay absent and stay tethered to my higher power, who's my solution each and every day. What a beautiful thing. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, KDG. Anna M., your turn. Hi, this is Anna M., and I'm a recovered compulsive reader. Actually, I'm cross-addicted. Um, but I just want to say thank you for your service. I really appreciate this meeting, uh, which has basically saved my life in so many different ways and areas. Um, when we read... The, the word altruistic, I looked it up and it means selfless. And for me, that's really a big deal. I, you know, I was I was having a few days of shit fairies going on through my head. Pardon the, the language. But those same shit fairies could get me started up on having obsessive thoughts and, you know, like the first bite and all of that. But thankfully... Because somebody in the program was altruistic and selfless and took my phone call, I was able to talk through some things that normally in the past would have set me off into some sort of mental fit and then maybe even considering eating over it. And lately, you know, with the passing of my mother in June, I have been sort of having a little bit of emotional difficulties lately, and then there's a bunch of other things going on. But the truth be told is that, you know, I realized that I've had a complete reconstruction in my thinking process. And every now and then the shit fairies will come around and try to drum up ideas of, you know, um, trying to, to get me to go with the, with that thought pattern. And because I had been abstinent but not as long as I've been sick. Let me just put it that way. And yesterday I realized how sick I really was. And then when I talked to somebody in the program, it really helped me out. And um, that's what we do for each other. We, we This is really the truth. The truth is, this is like a big shipwreck that, that we're like on that didn't go down and we're sort of helping each other through. And, you know, um, the whole idea, the whole concept of the old and the reconstruction of the new thinking patterns is amazing to me. And this is a God-given program. I don't have to weigh in. I don't have to pay 25 bucks and go get weighed and humiliated because I gained three or four pounds. This is a, a really beautiful gift that I've been given. And I'm so very grateful that you're all here enjoying this ride, you know, like how to have a new life free from compulsive eating and just 
downright, there's no other way to say it, just honest love. That's what this is. God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Thank you so much for letting me share. And this is like hitting a jackpot because it's very difficult to get on this meeting to share. And I'm so grateful for the gifts and, the, and um, you know, just being able to provide service. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you, Anna M. And I have Jennifer next. Jennifer? Hello, this is Jennifer. Can you hear me? Yes, and the initial of your last name, please? It's W. W, okay. Okay, Go ahead. I'm, a, I'm a compulsive overeater calling from Sweden, and uh, it's uh, nice the last part of this text that they we found have found nothing which has contributed more to the rehabilitation of these men than the altruistic movement now growing up. And that's what I feel. I listen to a vision every day, and it starts, I feel that everyone's share and the people here starts to really mean a lot to me. And uh, I'm I'm grateful for that because I can see a difference already uh, in the way that I feel, and um, I uh, want to say that I'm actually going to travel to uh, Miami next week because I want to get to know more people, and I'm going to get to know uh, a person there, which is really nice. And uh, if you live in Miami, I'd love to go to a meeting there so you can always contact me. And that's how great it is, like a vision the movement, uh, I feel normal. Like I feel like I'm part and I feel that there's a solution and um, I'm a little bit scared of of traveling uh, because before I used to eat so much when I would travel and uh, now I'm trying to do it with programs. So um, I'm happy for that. So you could always reach out. I get very happy. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer W. And now Larry K is here. Hey, Penny. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for your service, Penny. Larry K recovered this morning. You know, it, it takes me back when I read this. I, I, I certainly had a despairing wife. And, you know, she would have done anything. This was years and years ago. But she would have done anything and tried to do anything to stay in that marriage. We tried. She tried. Oh, how she tried. I, don't, I can't forget. You know, I tried to get help. Um, and I, I looked pretty good on paper. Oh, I did. I had the degrees. And I could put a sentence together, perhaps. But I could not get through a day without binging my brains out. Now, I was, uh, my body didn't look, you know, when I was younger, it didn't look like, it certainly, I certainly did not look like a compulsive overeater, whatever you'd envision a compulsive overeater would look like. I didn't look like that. It was, the weight came on later. But I ate like that, and I thought like that, and I, and we tried, and there was therapy, and, and there were very few people that really knew me. She knew me. But very few people, because I lived in a state of emotional detachment. I didn't really know it at the time. I wanted to live better. I wanted to be better. I wanted to do better. I was an overachiever in so many areas, but I could not have a relationship. 
I could not get through a day without binging my brains out, and that was my dark, dirty little secret. Yes, a lot of despair. My family, too. A lot of despair. You know, this, this program was the only thing that worked for me. And, you know, I have worshipped at the altar of data and science. And this program, when I came in, I quickly learned was nothing about science. It was about a spiritual transformation. And that made me, that made my intellect very uncomfortable. It wasn't something I could wrap my brain around. It wasn't something that I could prove. I saw it in a few others. But then, eventually, the disease, the noose around my neck tightened, and it tightened. And the consequences of this disease got worse and worse. And despite whatever I, you know, projected to the, out, you know, to the, to the world, there was still my secret, and I could not deny anymore. I could not outrun this disease. I could not outrun this disease anymore. And eventually, I fell to my knees, so to speak, and I surrendered. I must have because I had nowhere else to go. No one could help me. And I had to trust in this process. I don't have too many despairing people around me anymore. I don't create tragedies. Not anymore. I'm still human. I'm not perfect. But I have a life beyond my wildest dreams today because I was willing to work these steps and continue to, you know, I'm here every day, rain or shine. Penny and I, we're here right? Because we know this works. Thanks, Penny, for your service. With that, I pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. And now, Danielle O. Danielle, star one. Good morning, everyone. Danielle O. from Northern New York. Hi, everyone. Great to be back on this meeting for a few uh, minutes. I have been making some transitions in my life, and you know, that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't abstinent. I know that for sure. There were many days before, prior to coming into OA that I, I just struggled and felt very hopeless and struggled in every way in my life. And coming in has really been a life changer. And I remember, I recalled not too long ago how my family reacted to the way that these changes were happening. And you would think people would be happy for you that, you know, you're taking better care of yourself and things are, you know, you're not going to be overweight or sick, whatever it is. And my family struggled with it. They they didn't like that I was saying no to them. And that resistance continued for a long time. And finally, they started to recognize that I wasn't going to change the way I was doing things. And they said, okay, well, you're just going to bring your food. We understand. And recently, I made um, new friends around where I live, and they are the same, asking, well, when are you going to eat some of the food that I I offer you? And I said, I I probably won't. And I said, I just, I have to take care of myself and my health. So from going from the struggling person and the out-of-control eating and behaviors to the person I am today has all been God-given, all because I, I took that first step. And that's what's beautiful about this program. It, it comes in, in small doses and large doses. And as long as I'm abstinent, I can actually see and then feel them too. And I love that, that the feeling I get 
from being aware of what's going on in my body, what's going on around me, how I'm affecting others, what I can do to fix some of what I do to others when it's not uh, in the best situation. That's what my 10 steps about. But I also ask you for God's forgiveness, which is, which is nice too. So I'm real grateful that, you know, there's a, there's a method that works for a food addict like me. And I continue to walk this, uh, trudge this road to happy destiny because at every turn, in every day, there's a form of uh, uh, happiness that I do find. So I'm real grateful to be back on. And uh, thank you, everyone, for being here and making my day a beautiful day. Thanks. Thank you, Daniello. Appreciate your share. And now this, I didn't get your name, but someone from Chicago. That one, if you recognize. Yes, Tina M. Would you spell your name so I can get it? Sure. T is in Tiger. I, N is in Nancy, A. Tina. And, and your last initial, M? As a Mary, yeah. Thank you. Wonderful. If you could just speak up a little bit more, okay, Tina? Because it's very important. We really want to hear you, okay? Okay. Oh, do I speak now? Is that better? Yeah, it's a bit better, yeah. Okay. Um, Thank you all for being here. Thank you for your service. Um, This is my second meeting. My first meeting was 33 years ago, and I've probably gained and lost 100 pounds four times since then. So I'm really excited to be here again when I'm willing and ready and to hear things with new ears. So thank you all. Are you, are you that you're passing, Tina? Oh, pass. pass. Okay, right. thank you so much and welcome. I'm going to open up the line now for more names and again I'll do my best to hear you. Tina S. I'm going to ask to start all over again, please. Harlan G. Nancy P. Lisa B. Nancy P. Okay, someone S. Was it Tina S.? Okay, I have Harlan. Yes, Tina S. Thank you. Okay, Harlan G. Nancy P and some that's all I have. Who else? Lisa B. Lisa and somebody C. Melissa. Melissa C. Melissa. Thanks. Or Alyssa, she'll tell me. Okay. Let's go with those now. Here's what I have. Tina S. Holland G. Nancy P. Lisa. Don't have your last initial. And Melissa or Alyssa C., she'll correct me. So um, how about if we start with these five, okay? Tina S. Okay, thanks, uh, Penny. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Well, you know, I really love this part of the book. It really keeps me, gets me grounded and and lets me know who I really am. And I can relate so much. I love that the 
a couple of the speakers talked about the altruism because, you know, one of the things that I know today is that's not something I ever wanted to, to be or do, you know, um, but today I'm so grateful for that the people that I came in contact were, uh, you know, my life was a mess when I got here and, and I'd have told you that I had done all I could and I was just done. And I can remember, I wanted to go to the, to the, a psychiatric ward. I wanted to be insane because I thought at least if that were, you know, the deal, I was okay with that. And, you know, thank you, God, that that was not the diagnosis that I got. And when it came to the rooms and, and I finally saw that the people around me were exhausted too because my family was heartbroken. And I love that I talk, that I heard people share that, you know. I had a partner that just you know, she wanted to help. She did all she could. Everything I asked, she did. And it just wasn't enough because it didn't work. You know, human aid failed me over and over and over again. And and today when I come in here and I am completely defeated, you know, and I listen to the people with, which in, with whom the problem has been solved, you know, and I become willing to do things differently, I get a life that is different today. And more importantly, I get a Tina who is different today you know my life on the outside may look almost the same but I am different in it you know and and I am so grateful that I am able to be a part of, of the world today to be a citizen among citizens you know a friend among friends oh my god you know I just wanted you to be a friend to me I didn't know how to be a friend you know and those things have happened in my life through the transformation of putting down the food you know and picking up the steps and having a transformation, a spiritual awakening that comes about through the process and a God bigger than me and continue, continually gets bigger. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Great stuff. Thank you, Tina S. And good morning, Helen. Good morning, Penny. And uh, thank you for, to Team Thursday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. The big book of Alcoholics Anonymous has two major admissions of powerlessness. And the first admission of powerlessness in this big book that is repeated over and over again, and it's in the steps, is the admission of the alcoholic, of the alcoholic's powerlessness over alcohol. The second great admission of powerlessness is repeated in this chapter twice. And the second, which is what we're reading here, the first was in that paragraph we read last week that starts with, we doctors have realized it's on the page before. But what is he reiterating here? Because when the big book wants to teach me something, it spirals the information, it repeats the information, because that is a pure form of learning. The doctor's powerlessness over the alcoholic the doctor admitting powerlessness over the alcoholic is the second great admission of powerlessness here. He is telling me here that he is as powerless over me and us as we are over food. And if he is powerless or she is powerless to help me, then in the second part of the paragraph, he is reiterating what he told me in the paragraph before. And in the paragraph before, he, or excuse me, two paragraphs before, he says, the message must have, excuse me, one paragraph, the message must have depth and weight. Now, we take for granted today that an alcoholic can help another alcoholic. 
It's, it's very second nature to us because we grew up in that. What we don't realize is that this was, at the time, groundbreaking information. And Bill Wilson says in his story, with much reluctance, they allowed me to do so. What were they allowing him to do? Talk to other alcoholics. Bill Wilson wasn't a psychiatrist. He wasn't a therapist. He wasn't a professional in the field. He was a drunk. But they saw that he could get results with these people that they couldn't get. And what was the difference? Identification. And through identification, he could get their attention. And through the credibility of identification, he could ask them to take action after action after action, which they did not yet believe in, but they saw that it was working in him. This is major, major stuff. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Helen. And next we have Nancy P. from Boston. Hi, can I be heard? Yes. Hi, thanks for letting me share. Yeah, the, the whole, my favorite word in that whole paragraph is nothing, because I tried everything more than once. And it reminds me of when I was Nancy, Nancy, just you, you broke up a little bit there. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So I went to the nutritionist and I said, give me a diet where the baby will gain weight, but I won't. And the, the nutritionist, who is familiar with Overeaters Anonymous, in fact, a great friend to the program in, in my area, um, said, okay, eat this and this and this and this and this. And eat this way and all that. And exercise. And I said, well, I hate to exercise. How about if I do this and this and this and this and that? And she said, that'll work, but you have to exercise. And I said, well, I hate that. What about this and this and this and those? And she said, okay, but exercise is unavoidable. And so I tried everything to do things my way, both in, through my pregnancy, where, by the way, I gained 100 pounds in that pregnancy, and, um, and, and, and in, my, in my life outside of that pregnancy, I tried, especially in this program. I tried to do it this way. And, you know, how it says, you know, elsewhere in the book, I don't want to, you know, give away the plot and do a spoiler, but it says, you know, like neatly avoided or entirely ignored, or if it was too hard, I didn't do it, you know, whatever. They, they say things like that. And that's what I did. And it wasn't until I did only, you know, which is sort of, you know, another way of saying nothing else but, but only what they said to do in this book, exactly how they said to do it, that I got any relief. But the good news is when I did it the way that I was told, I got more than relief. I got a completely, like, my life got turned inside out. And I, everything is the same, and I had some very big challenges. And, um, you know, I, my latest challenge came, came up last week, and it was completely unpleasant and made me cry, and I was really upset. But instead of um, eating over it, I, um, I took it as um, a signal from my higher power saying, stop, come close to me. I need you. I need you closer. And because I'm, you know, like a donkey and I need to be hit on the head with a two-by-four, unfortunately, I need large signs from my higher power that indicate that I am needed elsewhere from where I am. So, um, you know, and the people that I know, it's all about fellowship again, everybody, all my friends out there. Um, it's all about fellowship because I didn't have to accept any of this in a cold, dark room all by myself with a box of cookies. 
I was able to talk to people and get comfort, ease and comfort from them um, instead of from my drug of choice. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you all. Have a great day. Thanks, Nancy P. And now, Lisa, and when you come on, please tell me the initial of your last name. Hi, Penny. This is Lisa B. Can you hear me? Yes. I'll let, okay, I'll let you know if, they don't, if I don't hear them, okay? Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you will. It's just I have a headset on, and sometimes it's a little funky, but thank you. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, this powerful reading on the altruistic group of people that um, helped me on this line in this healthy OA meeting, what I wanted to share my experience that happened to me is that I got that this is real. It is real. It's not my imagination. You know, it is chronic. It's progressive. And it is fatal. <clears throat> and my only hope of recovery is in getting abstinent and doing the steps in abstinence. And I needed to understand that there is a difference between abstinence and being recovered. I, I thought that because I'm abstinent that I'm recovered. But what I now know through you guys, through understanding, is that I actually get sicker in abstinence. If I'm a real compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety, the type that is described in this big book, when I'm in abstinence only, my life is unmanageable, drunk or sober. But I need to have a psychic change, you know, that spiritual awakening. And that's what I got through this altruistic movement of hearing voices of recoveredness you know and people pointed me to in the big book where it describes what it is to be recovered but then I was also reminded that I must do this work honestly and in abstinence so that's that's what I wanted to share is that what I got from this altruistic movement that drunk or sober my life is unmanageable um, the other thing I wanted to share that I hear through this altruistic movement is the subtlety of this illness it is so subtle it, like I hear another fellow share on this line, it wraps its arms around me and they might feel warm and comfortable and then suddenly they start squeezing the life out of me and I can't break free. And that's what happens in this illness. That's why I need to stay every day, every day in the growing steps of 10, 11, and 12 and doing service and hearing you guys because um, it comes back. My ego rebuilds. It's not a diploma I get, a one-time thing. So... I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful for abstinence and to be in a recovered state of mind and body. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Melissa C., it's your turn. Hi, Penny. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, you know, I, I, I'm really zoning in on this idea of the despairing lives and despairing family and um i you know i thought um that my you know what i was doing was only hurting me and i would say that all the time like what do you care if i if i'm eating what do you care if i get fat i'm not hurting you um but you know i really was i really did hurt the people around me and you know i think like when i was newly married like 20 you know over 20 something years ago I went to visit my parents um, in in Florida, and I got off the plane, and they hadn't seen me since my wedding, and it was just a few months. And my mother's face, you know, she looked horrified because, you know, her beautiful daughter that she loved had exploded. And, 
you know, she she looked despairing. She would have done anything to help me, and I took it as an attack. You know, I was angry at her. She didn't even say a word, you know, but I was pissed because she, I knew she knew I gained weight. And, you know, and so I would think, well, if I lost weight, then nobody should despair, then everybody should be happy. Um, but I was just as selfish, or if not worse, when I was putting the food down. The people around me, I think, despaired even more. Because I was a bear. I was unlivable. They didn't know who they were going to get. Um, and, you know, and so in recovery, you know, my recovery cannot be to, um, for a physical, yeah, the physical part is really nice, but it can't be just physically focused. You know, the amends that I owe my family that were despairing is to show up. You know, to show up, and the altruism that you people have have given to me, this incredible fellowship, the support that just came um, naturally, it seemed to all of you, is is my takeaway, is what I must demonstrate, not just to the people in this fellowship, um, and I and I do, I believe I do do it, but with my with my family, with the people that despaired around me, I must show up and, and demonstrate those principles to them. You know, that's the purpose of this. That, And what, you know, when I came to a meeting, um, nobody despaired. They were not full of despair. That's what carried depth and weight is that they knew, you all knew that there was, there was a solution, and that's what I got here, and that's why we do it um, with intensity because we know that we've fallen onto something that works. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And I believe we have time for about three more people, and then we'll see what we're going to do after that. I think Russ, Russ M. was on um, before. I think I might have heard his name. Is that right, at Russ? Yep. I'm, I'm, right. And now yeah. let me have two more names, and we'll get back to you, Russ. Vasa. I Yvonne just have D. Yvonne D H. Yvonne. And I'm sorry, whoever I missed. So Russ A, Russ M, rather, your turn. Thanks, Penny. Russ M, recover compulsive reader. Good morning, everyone. Um, so my 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 greatest accomplishment in life has been my wife and children. That's it. Not my degree, not my business, not anything I've accumulated, any, any of the wins, losses, my wife and kids. When I was entangled in this disease, I, I guess I put them through hell. I, you know, I don't want to over-dramatize it, but you know, I really did a lot of, lot of damage. And, you know, I, I abuse in the car and come in and my wife and kids were wondering, well, like, how come dad just doesn't tell you I love you, give me a hug, play play around, do a couple of things? He's like a tornado. You know, I'm like, I'm like a, uh, you know, a person that just destroyed everything. So I can sympathize with these sentences that we read tonight because that was me. You know, I hurt a lot of people. And, I, you know, especially my family, the, the people I love the most. And about a, maybe two weeks ago, I was in the car with my daughter. And she's going to be 16, and we, we, you know, we talk a lot now. And she said, you know, Dad, you're different than you were. 
I know you still have your times, but you're definitely better. I owe that to Dr. Silkworth. I owe that to, to Bob, uh, Dr. Bob and Bill Wilson. I, I, I owe that to you guys, and I owe that to God. Without this program, I would have nothing. I, I, I would have nothing. I would have lost everything. And um, that's what that brought up in me because if I, you know, it's great if you can communicate with your fellow man and you can have all your crap together in life, but if you can't take care or function to, to just the, just the simple, you know, the bare necessities of the people that you love the most, you're pretty much a failure. And uh, this program has given me hope. So thank you very much. Love you guys. Thank you, Russ. And Vasa O. Hey, good morning, everyone. Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Vita calling from Florida. Thank you, Penny, for your service. And I, I, I will never be so grateful to my higher power and my Abby that um, brought me into Overeaters Anonymous years ago. And the reason I said my higher power is because uh, I had prayed not too long before I found Overeaters Anonymous. And that was not like me praying out to God, believe me. But I knew there was something wrong. I just did not know there was something wrong with me, you know. And I knew I had struggled with the food anyways for years, but I didn't know there was, that was a, a disease or I had an allergy. So not too long after I prayed, I remember coming. You know, I was adding to Overeaters Anonymous, and that was my last stop. I said, if, that, if, if I don't do what these people are doing, I'm just going to be dead. So um, putting the food down and working the 12 steps has changed my life gradually, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. But first I needed to put the food down. And, and I, couldn't, I can't even imagine the person that I am today from the person that I was before. I, I remember thinking, well, maybe, you know, before I came to OA, maybe if I'm hospitalized, if, if I have the gastric bypass done, then I'm going to be okay. Then my problem will be solved. So I came for the vanity to Overeaters Anonymous, and I stayed for the vanity. Uh, my family was not happy because I was a 100% mom and wife and everything, you know. I wasn't really taking care of myself. I was just so, so busy, focused, you know, taking care of other people outside, you know, my family. And then all of a sudden, he, I'm going to a meeting, and my loved one, my husband, says, where are you going? I said, I'm going to a meeting. He was getting depressed, you know. He felt uh, he should be everything to me. I didn't have to go to those meetings. And, you know, the old me, I would have changed my mind. I would have, the people, please, oh, you know, he's going to leave me. He's going to divorce me if I don't do what he's telling me to do. But I kept on praying, and I kept keeping the focus on my 12 steps. And my higher power, my higher power is much stronger than, than my husband or me or any, anybody else. So I really turned to prayer. And, I, and no matter what, no matter what, I, I said, I am not going to give it up. I'm going to do this, even if it divorces me. And I'm just so grateful. And you know what? My husband has see, seen the changes in me. And he reminds me, now, you got a meeting today. Oh, don't forget, you. my time is up. Thank you, for, thank you very much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you very much, please, uh, excuse me, Vasa. And Yvonne D.H., 
Yes, good morning, everybody. I'm Yvonne H. I'm compulsive overeat and recovery. Um, yeah, altruism is a word which struck me. I'm calling from Germany. I've been in this program for about 19 years and a half and with AA and also with, with OA, but I didn't manage with the, with the abstinent. The idea of this abstinent is my bottom line. To stay abstinent, as I am seeing now, is to keep spiritually fit. Otherwise, it will not work. It will not work. It's nothing about trying to do it myself, like doing diets, like the way I've been doing it the last 20 years. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Somehow, it did work with alcohol. I just said, I don't drink from today on, and I'm not going to smoke, and that was okay. I didn't think of it anymore. I didn't need it. I didn't want it. I didn't, I, nothing. So I don't know why, how that happened. God knows. But it didn't work with, with uh, food. I think uh, this is my sixth day, absolute day, anew. And uh, I, again, again, I realize when I stay if in fit condition, fit, uh, condition, fit, fit uh, yeah, then. My life is different. My feelings are different. My my willingness is different. Everything is different. And one of the one part of this uh, f- uh, spirituality is to stay to 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 dial in this this uh, meeting. It's a wonderful meeting. Thank you for all your shares. You helped me so much, so much. I keep listening your shares during, uh, throughout the day. Now, altruism, altruism is one thing I really need in my job. Uh, uh, I always thought people have to be make me happy. People have to give me what I need to be happy. It's exactly the, the, uh, the opposite. It's me giving people, and I work with people. I'm a teacher for adults, and I'm taking this to my job now. Um, Going to work and um, to give them love. If the lesson is not perfect, if the lesson is not perfect, because I didn't have the time to prepare, and I bring love to this to this uh, class, and I bring structure and love and self, uh, I don't know, self love, self um, something, self um, no, then. Um, then I will. Everything will be okay. Nobody will be able to hurt me because people don't want to hurt me. They don't want to attack me. It's me who feels that that way. And so altruism is. I can. It's something I can. I can practice everywhere and all day long. Thank you so much. Um, so this with this I wrap up and I take altruism into my life and today and with God's help I will stay abstinent. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Yvonne D H is our last share for this hour. Uh, there is another unrecorded hour coming up immediately following the closing, so there'll be more opportunity to share. The share ID for today's date, which is January. 10th, Thursday, is 12,405, 12,405. We will now close with the reading from the big book, and Katie G. is going to do that, and then I'll follow it with the serenity prayer. Katie G. 
Hello again, Penny. Katie G. Recovered in Boston. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.